With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to US WhoCast. This week it is our Tin Who for Series 9, Episode 8, entitled The Zygon Inversion, written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat, and directed by Daniel Netheim. My name is Matt Murdoch, of course, and if you have any thoughts about Doctor Who or about this podcast, feel free to send an email to uswhocast at gmail.com, or if you happen to find the podcast on iTunes, if you could take the time to leave me a written review uh, with a few stars attached, then that would be very much appreciated as well. Before I get into talking about this week's episode, I received a couple of emails from Mark and uh, they were from before this episode aired, so I wanted to go ahead and read them before I started talking about this week's episode. Again, remember, they were written before this week's episode. Mark says, I felt I was being hit over the head with metaphor bats regarding the Zygon invasion. Is the doctor in the plane a Zygon? Are ponytails evil? Does my Bonnie lie over the ocean? I agree with a lot of what you said, but the church scene, I think the writing is a problem. This is a trained soldier who knows this thing is a shape-shifting alien who, far from merely imitating his mother, is raiding his mind to desecrate the image of his mother. And if he really can't shoot it in the head, then shoot it in the leg. If it's really his mother, they can get medical attention. If it turns pink and blobby, shoot it again. Or shoot one of the other Zygons that doesn't look like his mother. Or solve the problem by having Zygons say that amongst their number are a few real human hostages. What you don't do as a trained soldier is lead all your men into the church. I agree with you that Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell was excellent, but Peter Harness was adapting someone else's work. He also wrote for Wallander, which I've never seen, but again, that's an adaptation. I don't think he quite gets how plots and characters work when working on his own. There's something just off about it. I haven't seen any of his other stuff, so I realize I'm generalizing. And because Doctor Who doesn't have an American-style writer's room, there's no situation where everyone sits down and says, okay, we have a potentially classic scene outside the church. How do we make it work? Lastly, the BBC promo pictures show the Doctor and Zosgood, Osgon, safe and well, as we knew they would be, and my bet is on an escape capsule like Air Force One, but unlike real life. Really lastly, I've downloaded the first couple of Lost Hope podcasts to see if I like them. All right, Mark, thanks. Um, First, uh, glad you are checking out the Lost Hope podcast. That's my buddies uh, Bubba and Catfish from the Double P Podcasting Network. Hope you're enjoying those podcasts. 
Harness's other Doctor Who effort, I guess, was Kill the Moon, uh, the episode last year, which I wasn't a big fan of, but I, I don't know. Um, and as far as your solutions about uh, the church scene, um, shooting in the leg, or perhaps the last solution of having the Zygons, you know, say some of them real, those seem most plausible to me. Um, I don't think he can the the character can kill any of the others because uh, I think it was implied that they were all family members of various troops there, and that would have been bad. You know, I'm not going to shoot my mom, so I'll just shoot the guy next to me's mom. I'm better than that. Uh, and your pod thing that would have been cool, but they would just went with the standard parachutes this time around. And I I don't know if it really matters. You know, what else I can really say about the rest of this episode, positive or negative. It's from about 14 minutes left to about 8 minutes left is is what makes up for any other mistakes that this pair of episodes makes. Um, they're ex- the, the, the scene with Capaldi about war uh, just encompassed to me the best parts of the Tenet era, some of the anguish and pain of like Eccleston and Hertz doctors. Uh, it, it had delivery and a little bit of cork about it, kind of like a Baker doctor. And to me, it, it's been, it's one of the most poignant kind of scenes and statements against war that I personally have ever witnessed in this particular series. There's consequences, there's agony, there's the hope of forgiveness. It's all wrapped up in this kind of like emotional and perfect plea for this allowance of forgiveness. And the one human quality that is most underutilized in the world today, I think, is the capacity to forgive. I almost cried watching that one particular scene. I did. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, because to me, the doctor... Be- in that moment becomes more than just a a savior or a hero to the human race or even the Zygons or any other race that we've seen him save. He becomes kind of the embodiment of of mistakes and and how to learn from them and and how to be able to gleam hope from the experience of those mistakes. I I could probably spend the whole review just going on and on about this kind of like five minutes of the show, but... They're really the only five minutes that, that matter uh, after you look at the weight of everything else. I mean, the scene, it, it broke my heart. It made me angry that we as a species can't seem to be capable of what the doctor asks of Bonnie and Kate. Uh, it gave me hope that maybe if we try really, really hard, maybe someday we might be capable of what the doctor asks for. And I know that some of you are probably going to say it was a little cheesy, it was a little overdramatic. Um, I know that I can be a sap sometimes, but I didn't really find it as cheesy or overdramatic. I just thought it was a, a really nice statement about how we as a species have the capacity for war and sometimes not the capacity for forgiveness. You know, like I said, I'm a sap, but this scene just really struck every sap string that I have 
you know, I thought that Capaldi's performance was amazing. I even thought that Coleman's performances, Bonnie and, and even Clara, um, were great. I thought that Gemma Redgrave as Kate was great in that scene. Um, I thought that Ingrid Oliver as Osgood was great throughout the whole entire episode. And um, the score that Gold used and, and the orchestration of it by Alistair King, it all heightened my emotions. Um, so I, I thought that that was just absolutely fantastic. As for the plot leading up to this, which is one of the best Doctor Who scenes in the modern series, in my opinion. But as for the whole rest of it, meh. I mean, the rest of this episode just paled by any kind of comparison. And much of it, I found myself not really all that interested. Some things, I guess, did catch my attention. Uh, Clara fighting back in her sleep and her connection with Bonnie. Um, that essentially saved the doctor's life, though we never saw that misfire last week, which is kind of your typical cheap Moffat-era trick. But at least we do get an explosion, and then we get a cheap trick of, of Clara seeing the parachutes to let us know that the doctor and Osgood got out. But, I mean, what about everybody else on the plane? I, I, I find it disappointing that the doctor would just abandon that crew. I wish if they were going to take the time to do it this way with parachutes, then you would have seen, you know, six or seven parachutes rather than just one or two. The other dramatic part of the story, I guess, for Clara, the, the facing off with Bonnie and their connected minds. Um, I'm not sure if we got any kind of real explanation why Clara would be able to do this and not anybody else in the thousands of other pods. But anyway, the facing off was pretty good. The heartbeat lie detector scene was great for a little bit of tension and intrigue. But again, you know, it just kind of all comes back to cheating this reveal that Bonnie gives at the end of last week's episode that Clara was dead. I was not really moved by the whole Zygon who didn't want to be a Zygon. You guys heard Mark say that he felt last week's thing with the soldier was a failure of writing. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, I still feel like last week's was a failure of execution. But this week, for this particular Zygon doesn't want to be a Zygon scene, um, I feel like Mark's explanation is a little more accurate because I thought the actor was doing a pretty good job. But it was what he was saying that just I really didn't care about. And the whole premise of it, I really didn't find any reason to need to care. It just seemed like they were trying to get some emotional juice out of, out of an extra few minutes that they needed to fill out in order to get to the Capaldi scene, uh, to be perfectly honest. Now, the idea of the boxes being nothing and the fact that this has already happened a few times, evidently, that kind of cheapened the scene uh, a little bit, the Capaldi scene. But it also added just a little bit of depth I mean, I love the way that the boxes were a representation of what the Hurt Doctor did, and then, of course, undid. I also love that we got reminded of just how important Clara actually is, because since she's the one who had averted the end of Gallifrey by convincing the three Doctors that there had to be another way. Um, the Osgoods, like I said, they were great. I love that even though Bonnie slash Zygel has uh, 
taken up the the mantle of continuing the Osgood tradition. Now they've switched themselves up again so that which is which will forever remain a mystery. Um, it also explains why the doctor needed to know which Osgood she was the whole time, I guess. That that game of boxes might have been played differently depending on which Osgood he was bringing into the room. And, you know, for the most part, the episode was really kind of blah to me. Um, so I don't really have anything else to say about it except for my rating, which I'm going to give it, uh, I think, an 8.4. But that's only because I, I feel like the, that scene with the doctor uh, raised it a full point. If that scene hadn't been in there, I don't think it would have gotten above a 7 or a 7.4. So that's all I have for you guys for this week. Again, if you have any thoughts, ushucast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.